This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. And welcome to our last Q&A podcast of 2015. You scared me. I knew that would, Pastor Michael. I was like, this is it? We're done? Oh, no. We have far too many questions to end at this point. And Pastor Michael, you started answering the question yesterday, what does the Bible say about singleness? And you started by giving us three things that the Bible says about singleness. Why don't you review those and then finish us off by giving us the last four. Awesome. So as we're thinking about um, what the Bible says or a theology of singleness, number one, we said singleness is hard. Um, God has made us with an impulse and a propensity toward marriage. Number two, we said that marriage is about Christ and the church, and it is temporary. And so what we we said was that um, everybody will be single eventually. There is no marriage in the new heaven and the new earth. It's 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 everyone's going to be single. So it's temporary, and it points to Jesus, and that's the big picture. Um, and then number three, and we saw that singleness is a gift from God. It's not a curse. So that if you are single, it's not because you're ugly. It's not because you're um, just a really bad person. It's not because you sinned big and God's punishing you. God ordains marriage. And when God wants you to get married, God will help you get married. So let's go to number four. Um, In scripture, some people um, actually choose singleness. They sense that God has put a call on their life for this. And so despite their propensity and the impulse toward a desire for marriage, um, they just say no to it. And despite the suitors that come, they just say, you know, this is really what the Lord has made me for, and I've committed my entire life to this. And so I want to read to you Matthew chapter um, 19, verse 12. It says this, For there are eunuchs who have been um, so from birth, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let the one who is able to receive this receive it. Now, um, a, a eunuch at the end of the day is going to be somebody who has um, either been castrated or grew up or were born with some lack of male genitalia. Um, and so he says, here, some people um, were born this way. Some people were forced this, by, forced to be this by um, some kind of um, oppressor. But then some people, and it's kind of unclear whether or not he's saying that they actually do this to themselves. Um, most likely, I think what this means is that some people choose to live the life of Metaphoric. a eunuch. Metaphorically speaking, that um, some people choose to live a life um, without um, uh, uh, pursuing any kind of romantic relationships in any way, shape, or form. And and I've had a couple friends um, who have chosen this, and especially um, in this generation, uh, what we have found is that there are um, particular, particularly men who um, struggle with same-sex attraction and really find it for themselves almost impossible um, to have attraction for a woman. 
And they take this actually as a sign that God has called them to a life of celibacy because um, contrary to the lies of culture, um, our sexual desires do not A, control us, B, are not the most identifying part about us or the most important part about us. Um, And they, everybody, heterosexual, homosexual, same-sex attraction, whatever it is, all of us are obligated to submit all of our life, especially our sexuality, under the Lordship of Jesus. And Mm so um, there have been a number of people that I know personally who um, have committed their lives to celibacy and to singleness and have committed their lives to Jesus, um, and that's been one of their um, motivators. Now, there are some people, um, they are heterosexual to the core, and they have committed their lives to singleness, and they just really sense this is God's call. Um, on their life. And so um, Jesus even acknowledges, he says here, let the one who is able to receive this receive it, meaning um, let the one who is able to pursue this lifestyle of singleness do it. But he's just acknowledging it's really hard because of the impulse and propensity in us to pursue marriage um, by the way God created us. So that's number four. Some people even choose singleness. And some of you listening, um, you may be wrestling with this desire and God may just come to you and say, you know what? I've made you for something really specific and marriage isn't in the cards. Some people are going to ask at this point, say, how do I know? And I would say, I can't tell you how you're going to know, but when you know, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you know what I'm saying? So number five, um, greater blessings than children are promised in scripture. So there is this experience. I think that many of us have that, um, we feel like if we miss out here and now on earth, like we're missing out forever. We're so temporal in our focus that we feel like if we don't get this now, we're going to be regretting it for all of eternity. So let me just you know make a little joke, right? Um, we say every single guy is praying that Jesus does not come back um, because they want to wait and actually have sex with their wife, at least Christian single men, because non-Christian single men could care less. But um, but like there's this joke, like oh no, Jesus don't come back till I can have sex, as if. Um, sex is going to be better than the second coming of Christ, right? Um, anybody who sees Jesus come back is not going to be like, oh, dang it. You know, they're going to be like, thank God. And and your lack of a sexual relationship will be the last thing on your mind. I can guarantee you that. But there is this sense when it comes to sexuality, marriage, and children that we feel like if I don't have it now, I'm, I'm never going to experience these joys. And so I want to read to you Isaiah chapter 56, really, I think one of my favorite passages for singles about um, the reality that we um, have a hope that is far beyond this short, finite life. And uh, here's what Isaiah says. For thus says the Lord, to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, meaning there's this group of people who are burdened because they have been forced um, castration and now they will never have a family and that impulse is hard for them. And so here's what he says. For those of you who obey me, who love me, here's what I want you to know. Um, I will give in my house and with my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. Like that thing that you so desperately want. Here's what I want you to know. Anybody who makes it through this, anybody who perseveres to the end, anybody who is on the other side in the new heaven and the new earth, what I'm going to give you will be infinitely better than the sons and daughters that you wish you had now. Because that propensity to have sons and daughters is put into us by God so that we can understand that we are God's sons and daughters and get a glimpse of how he loves us. It's a natural propensity. But some people, because they're called to singleness, aren't able to be married and are not unable to do that. And God says, listen, if you're single, better things are coming. Better things are coming. 
And then number six, Jesus' blood is thicker than human blood. Here's what I mean by that. Uh, John Piper says this, being in a human family is no sign of eternal blessing, but being in a spiritual family is the greatest blessing. And so what's hard is because of the impulse in us, we are created to want this temporal good blessing of marriage and family. But what runs thicker than human blood is spiritual blood. Mm-hmm. And that is a hard thing for people who are not Christians to understand. Um, one of the greatest privileges is when your spiritual blood and your physical blood are all in the same family, when, mm-hmm. you're, when your family are all believers in Jesus Christ. It's just really one of the greatest joys. Um, but what I think Piper wants us to understand, which is he's getting very close to God's heart, is that um, your eternal family may or may not be an eternal – your physical family may or may not be an eternal family. But you will be with every brother and sister in Christ from here on out. Now, you might be single and you might say, well, that doesn't make me feel better now. Well, I don't expect it to necessarily make you feel better right here and right now. But what I expect is that if you're a follower of Jesus, that you would see the promises that God puts forth for singles um, now and later, and that you would begin to beg God to transform your heart to loving those promises. And this is the plight of singleness. Uh, we have to ask God to give us a heart that allows us to see beyond the here um, and the now. And finally, for um, encouragement for singles, Jesus was single. Paul was single. A good friend of mine, um, Ian, is a pastor at Poplar Creek. He's single. Um, and I tell you, um, singleness is a gift from God. Marriage is a gift from God. God gives to each what he wants. Some people have the gift of marriage for a season. Their spouse dies, and then they have the gift of singleness. The point is, um, whatever season you happen to be in, our responsibility is to use it for the glory of God and to trust God ordains marriage. If he wants it for you, he will organize it and orchestrate it. Um, And then if he doesn't want it for you, I think for most people, he'll make it clear if this is your lifelong um, calling. Thank you, Pastor Michael, for explaining what the Bible has to say about singleness. Listeners, please remember you can submit your questions to our podcast by visiting our church website, bcob.org, and just click on the link that says Q&A podcast question. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow when we answer the question, how do I deal with loneliness and singleness, especially when I'm a young or new Christian? On behalf of the entire Village Church, we want to wish you a happy new year. Happy New Year.